Welcome back to another edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the weekend warm-up, BFW's weekly show where we hit on all the latest and greatest news of the week, thoughts and opinions, hot takes galore. Uh, just kidding about that. But we are here to deliver the weekend warm-up, and I'm very excited to be doing that. Uh, of course, this episode follows Bayern Munich's big 2-1 victory over Wolfsburg in the Bundesliga to close out, effectively close out, I should say, the first half of the season. It's not the official midway point given the game count, but let's just say that it's the halfway point because we are heading into the winter pause, one of the most infamous times of the year at BFW because typically news will slow down. Bayern Munich has not always been an active player in the transfer market in January. This year is expected to be a little bit different, so we are expecting a little bit more activity on BFW, and we'll be right here to deliver you the news as it breaks and bring in podcasts and other opinions and analyses. Uh, we've got a lot planned for the next two weeks, so uh, hang with us at BFW. There is a lot to talk about, and I'm sure there will be a lot to read about as well. <sighs> so what do you talk about on a show when you just end the first half of the season? Of course, you want to assess where things are, and that's really what I want to do because – for all intents and purposes, Bayern Munich has done what it has set out to do, with the exception of that horrid loss in the Bay Pokal. They are in contention for the Bundesliga in a very good position. They're trailing Bayer Leverkusen, but still, Bayern is in a good spot. The Champions League was great for Bayern Munich. They won their group in pretty dominant fashion. But as fans, I think people are looking at things and they're seeing that not everything is as great as I think we all thought it would be. A lot of choppiness in the attack. The midfield has not impressed many people. Let's just say that. I'm probably a bigger fan of the midfield's performance in the, performance in the first half of the season than a lot of people. But uh, it's definitely drawn the ire of fans. And the defense has been... Pretty solid, though there have been some lapses. Overall, I think Byron has done really, really well. There's a lot of things to be positive about. Let's be very clear. But there's also some things that are causes for concern, and we'll cover all of that as we assess where Bayern Munich is, and let's get started with it. Uh, when we look at Bayern Munich, the first thing we we absolutely need to address is the really terrible flame out in the AFB Pokal. All the thoughts and hopes of a treble for Harry Kane in his first season at Bayern Munich those all went out the window. Uh, Bayern Munich, of course, choked up a game against Saarbrücken. It was right in the midst of some up and down performances. Thomas Tuchel still feeling his way out through this squad, how to make it operate most effectively, uh, trying to figure out the personnel. And he still is working on all of those things. Uh, it's definitely a, a, a situation that's very much in flux. Uh, and in that match, it was very frustrating. It just seemed like it was one of those games where, as a Bayern Munich fan, you have seen it a million times before, where Bayern just allows a team to hang around. Bayern looks off. They don't look motivated. They're lethargic, tired, etc. They probably rested too many people. Either way, however you came out of that game thinking you knew it was dangerous and, and for whatever reason, Bayern Munich does tend to have these letdowns, especially against really, I don't want to say bad teams, because I don't want to imply that Saarbrücken's a bad team. They're just a lower level team than what Bayern Munich is. So Bayern has, has definitely shown a propensity to, to have these kind of letdowns, and they absolutely did that day. And 
And Sarbrucken took advantage of it. They knocked off the Giants, and and Byron was left with yet another season where a treble was not going to be possible. This time, it was established very early in the end runda. So, uh, Byron, of course, has been spending all of its time since that point looking to figure things out and get right. And it's it's been a very uneven road with that. Uh, some days the attack looks great. It still does look at times like Harry Kane is trying to figure out his way through the attack and where he should be. It does also look like Tuchel has some different ideas about where Kane should play and how he should play and how he's best utilized. We don't know if those necessarily, necessarily align with what might be best for the team. Uh, it, it's all very much a fluid situation. Uh, we have seen Tuchel make some adjustments. We have seen him try different personnel, though he does seem to have a pretty set starting 11 in mind when everyone is healthy. That said, Tuchel has really set himself up for a big January transfer window because he has really bemoaned the roster and has cried for a new defender who can play both center back and right back, plus a new central midfielder, one who could be a little bit of a monster back there, uh, someone who is a destroyer and wins balls, and also someone who can play the role of distributor as well. It's very tough to find a player that holds both of those skills at such a high level, but that's what Bayern Munich will be looking for, those two positions specifically. Of course, there will be a lot of fallout on the roster from whatever happens, but we will have plenty of time to discuss all of that. Uh, aside of the day of Bay Pokal, Bayern Munich did run through the Champions League with ease pretty much. It was it was not one of the most challenging groups uh, to be able to knock off Manchester United, FC Copenhagen, and Galatasaray. Those, those are absolutely, they were quality teams, but not at the level of Bayern Munich. And Bayern did what it needed to do in those games. It wasn't always pretty, but they took care of business and made it through to the next stage where, of course, they will face Lazio. And what is, again, a, a very fortunate draw for Bayern Munich. Lazio is, is not at its strongest. They are a mid-tier Serie A team this year at best. Uh, they don't have the talent nor the depth to be able to compete with Bayern Munich on the big stage. To me, it's a, it's a no-brainer that Bayern will advance through against Lazio, and I'm not being overconfident about it. That's just my assessment. I, I don't think Lazio is that good, and I think Bayern is a nightmare matchup for them. But when we get to the Bundesliga and we think about where Bayern Munich is, we look immediately at that number two next to their name in the table. And that number two does not signify how some of you think Byron played for large parts of the first half of the season, but it does mean the team is in second place. Uh, Byron has played 15 match days because of that snow out against Union Berlin. They have 12 wins, two draws, one loss. They scored 49 goals in the league, 15 against. Bayer Leverkusen, though, has been just that much better through 16 match days. Bayer Leverkusen has 13 wins, three draws, and no losses. They've scored 46 goals and have only allowed 12. This is a very good Leverkusen team. Uh, let's let's be very, very clear about that. Xabi Alonso has them playing extremely well. Florian Wirtz looks like a world beater for Leverkusen and looks confused when he plays for Germany. It's a, the weirdest dichotomy I've ever seen among players, but Leverkusen has a really good thing going. They have an attack that is taking advantage of opportunities. They have a strong midfield, and their defense is doing 
a pretty spectacular job, as you can see, by only allowing 12 goals in the first half of the season here. It hasn't always been smooth for Leverkusen. There's been some ups and downs, but they have been, without a doubt, the best team in the Bundesliga over the first half. Uh, when we look at the contenders in the Bundesliga and who might be matching up with Bayern Munich or giving Bayern some trouble, we saw Bayern against Stuttgart and we saw how that worked out. Bayern, is, they're too good for Stuttgart right now. Stuttgart has a lot of good things going for it. They have a brilliant young coach in Seb Honus. They have a talented roster, but it's just not deep enough or frankly good enough to compete with Bayern. Arbe Leipzig is, is really the outlier here. They're in fourth place. They're five points behind Bayern Munich in the table. But they have the talent to compete with Bayern Munich. Can they put it all together? How much change will they have in January, both with arrivals and departures? Uh, Leipzig, the one thing that is, I think it has held it really held the club back over the years is its lack of stability. It's it's just a selling club. I mean, they they take players in. Those players develop greatly at Leipzig. They they establish themselves and become very popular transfer targets for bigger clubs. Leipzig then cashes out, sells those players, and invests more in youth. And the cycle continues. But all the while, they never really lose that top-tier standing in the league. They've been really, really good. As long as they continue to have coaches who know how to manifest that talent, that understand that the strategy is to not have that talent long-term, you can work with that. You can build a team around that. You can be flexible with your player movement. This is It's really... Listen, I know a lot of people hate Leipzig, and, and there are a lot of great reasons for that. But what they're doing is pretty remarkable, given how much change that they have year to year. So I, I do worry that Leipzig is really the one team in the league that's behind Bayern that could really make a charge at both Bayern and Bayer Leverkusen. They, Leipzig is definitely the one that if they put it together and they are able to get some consistency and they are able to get their attackers working on the same page, which is a little bit tough because there are so many rolling in and out. It's definitely a team that's a talent to, to make life hell for Leverkusen and for Bayern Munich. Inside of Leipzig, though, <laughs> it's slim pickings. Uh, Borussia Dortmund is a complete mess. They, uh, you know, we've seen the rumors of a Marco Royce led coup against Eden Terzic. I, what a what a disaster that club is right now. And it's a shame because they have some talent. I think their biggest issue, and I know a lot of people disagree with this, is that the, the attackers they've invested in over the past few years have just, listen, they haven't been good. You saw from Coco, Kareem Adeyemi, Daniel Malin, Sebastian Haller. They have not lived up to what they were supposed to do. Now, this season, they tried to bring in Nicholas Fulkrug, who didn't really fit the model, He's been okay for them, but it seems like at, at Dortmund, they need to figure it out. I think the longer that they're waiting for a young player, a young player like Mukoko to really show himself and they're, or they're waiting for IDME to take the next step, it, it's just not happening. Danielle Malin has been a, you know, he hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been what they wanted at Dortmund. It's, it's, it's really just been, and listen, it's not just the attacking group. I don't want to make it seem like that, but to me, that's where a lot of the focus has been over the years. And, and these players just aren't that good, quite frankly. Will they get to the level that Dortmund expected them to get to? It's very unclear at this point. And, and if you're a Dortmund fan, this has to be a very uneasy feeling at this point. I mean, you see the talent that's there on that team. Individual talent is there. They just can't put it together on the pitch. <sighs> Otherwise, you're looking at some 
teams that really don't have a shot. Like Eintracht Frankfurt, even if they do bring in Donny van de Beek, and it looks like they're going to, that's not a team that's going to be able to climb into the top, I would say, four. Can they get to five or six? Or they're currently in six? Yeah, I think that that's just about where their target is. Perhaps a move for Vanderbeek can keep them in that top six position to get them into European play. But it's only teams like Hoffenheim, Freiburg, Heidenheim, Wolfsburg, Augsburg, Gladback. I mean, those are the other primary contenders to claw their way into the, the fifth or sixth spot. It, it's not great this year in the Bundesliga. This is not a deep league this season. I felt like the past couple of years, the league had gotten better and it was deeper and there were more competitive games, but uh, it's just not been that good. I feel like there's a clear top section of teams. There's a bunch in the middle and then you have the dregs down at the bottom. And unfortunately, uh, some of those clubs, I mean, I, I like the job that Stefan Baumgart had done at, at FC Colm, but they just, they just don't have the talent to compete this year and on they could be headed toward relegation, which would be very unfortunate. Union Berlin is definitely the biggest shock to me. I thought they would be a lot better than they are, but they have really flamed out and are sitting in 15th place. But back to Bayern Munich, when you look at those results, what they did in the Pokal, the Champions League, and in the Bundesliga, you, you really start to look at how did they get to those points. And you have to assess the roster when you do that. The best way to do that is to go through each player, give them a grade, and assess the position groups as well. So that's what we'll do. Uh, and I think this will be a lot of fun. I'd love to hear your grades uh, too, because this is, it's a really, a, it's, it's open-ended. What I think about a player and how they performed might not match up to what you do, but that's the fun in discussing this. As for the goalie group, uh, the goalie group, I overall, I give them an A. Uh, Manuel Neuer, I give a solid B plus since his return been very, very good. I think that, you know, at the end of the season, I'll assess him an A, just giving him a little bit more time to get ramped up. Sven Ulreich, I thought was an A, filled in a very tough spot. Uh, what can you say? Sven did the job that he was paid to do, and uh, he did it really well. Uh, Neuer and Sven really have have held the fort down. Done. I mean that that's as strong of an effort from two goalkeepers, I think, as you'll find in Europe. Daniel Peretz, uh, solid B plus again. He, he didn't get his number really called that much, but when he did. He did the job and he did it well. So I was very impressed with the goalkeeper group. I thought they did exceptionally well. The defenders are a little bit harder to assess. Let's be honest. Uh, it, it was a very up and down first half of the season. They had some really strong performances like that one against Stuttgart. I mean, that was just maybe the best defensive showing of the year for Bayern Munich. But there have been some up and down moments, and uh, not everybody has been great. I mean, Matthijs De Ligt has been injured and has barely played. Uh, Tarek Buckman is has spent the entire season injured so far. So it, it is, you know, it, it's been tough on that back line. They've accumulated a lot of wear and tear, and I'm sure that that has contributed uh, really much to the chagrin of fans to the uneven effort that we've seen. So let's take a look through that unit. I mean, overall, I'm going to give them a B because I think they've done really well. It, it has, there have been some lapses and it's a little bit concerning that positioning is still a big issue back there. Uh, but the, there definitely is work that can be done to improve the, the backline's cohesion. And that's one of the things that I want to see over the course of the second half of the season. I think if Delict is healthy, he will improve that because he is by far the best vocal leader 
But I'm not so sure that Tuchel wants to give him that kind of power on the back line. It seems like he is set on Dio Upamakano and Kim Min Jae. But Kim Min Jae will be leaving the club in January for international duty. So depending on who Bayern Munich picks up in the window, uh, Delict could see his number called quite a bit. So let's get right to it. Give the group a B. Matthijs Delict, he's been too injured really to assess. Uh, if I had to give him a grade, I would say it has been a B. He's been good when he's been available, but he has not been available. Dio Upamakano, I give a solid A. He's been really, really good. Uh, he's had a couple of down moments, but has by far been their most consistent defender. His, as I think Philip Quinn said, when he, his highs are so incredibly high, he's a world-class defender. But his lows are so incredibly low that there's always reason to give doubt. And uh, with Upamakano, I think that he's done such good things and he's really, I think, coming into his own. He just does have to find a way to eliminate those down moments, much like some of the wingers on the team. Uh, when you look at Serge Gnabry or Leroy Sané, the way that they slump or they go through their roller coaster spells, if Upamakano can just play steady, I think he'll really do well for himself. Uh, he has absolutely earned an A and I feel like has been Byron's best defender over the course of the first half of the season. Kim Min Jae, I give a B. I know that sounds weird uh, because Kim Min Jae has been really, I mean, just great in some games, but there have been moments where I think we're seeing that he's got some deficiencies. His passing is probably the strongest part of his game. Uh, he's gotten beat. He's gotten beat in one v one situations. He's gotten beat in some uh, positional thing with some positional things where he's just not been uh, quick enough to react. And that's not to say he's not fast because he is. He's just had a delayed response for whatever reason in some instances. But a B, he's done really well. It's tough to transition over from Serie A to the Bundesliga. It's tough to make that cultural transition from Italy to Germany. Uh, so a B I think is a very solid and fair grade. I don't, I, it's not a knock on him. It's a good grade. I, I think he's got more to offer, but you know, let's be honest. It hasn't always been perfect. And of late, especially as he's accumulated more and more mileage on his legs, it, it's gotten a little bit more shaky. And the fact that he won't be here in January and he'll be definitely racking up the minutes for Korea. There is some cause for concern. And you can see why Tuchel's so intent on getting another defender. Tarek Buckman incomplete because who can really assess him? He hasn't played Alfonso Davies and another interesting one against Stuttgart. We saw the best of Davies. He played smart. He was very aware defensively. He made some great tackles. He had some good passes. That was as good a game as we've seen Davies play in a while, but let's be honest. The first half of his season was, was not great. He has really not taken that leap that I've wanted him to make and that many people thought he would make at this point. Davies still struggles with some positioning issues. He still finds himself caught up field way too much, loses possession a bunch, just unnecessarily. I mean, sometimes, you know, you're taking a chance. You're trying to slide a ball through. You're trying to send a long ball, whatever. He's losing possession at such a rate that it is, it's become a problem and it's become something that affects his impact on games for Davies. I'm giving him a B minus because I, I feel like he's been solid. I wouldn't say he's been great and I want to see more out of him. And I think that when he's motivated and willing to do the things that he needs to do, he's, he could be the best left back in the world, but it, there have been issues and they're, 
been lapses and there's been some holes in his game that he has yet to really fix consistently. I want to see more out of him. Rafael Guerrero, another interesting case because he's been injured. He's also been used in the midfield. Would give him a C right now, not because he's been poor by any means, but he hasn't been available that much when he's been available. He's had some up and down moments. Uh, we've seen him get beat quite a bit. Uh, you know, listen, he, he, I'm sure he's not in the top physical condition given all of the injuries that he's had in this first half. I think a C is, it might sound a little harsh, but I think he can improve that by the end of the season, get it back up to a B. Uh, it's been a good acquisition, but just let's be honest. There's been some inconsistency and just availability has been an issue as well. Franz Kratzig, tough one to say because had some great moments in the preseason, looked good early in the season, probably got exposed a little bit uh, in, in more recent matches. I think he's got some talent. I don't know if it's Bayern Munich level talent. I know a lot of fans are excited about him, but uh, listen, I'm going to give him a C as well because he has, despite those glimpses of what he can do, and despite his age, I, I listen, he's got to be better when he's called upon. I think a lot of people are rooting for him. They want to see him do well, but uh, he's got to be a little bit better, and playing time's an issue. He's not able to fight his way into the lineup, which hurts his score a little bit as well. Nusarma's rally... <laughs> It's another interesting one because I think fans value him more than Thomas Tuchel does. When Mizrahi, when he's been on, has been just fantastic. But he he's had some off games as well. More than anything, though, he's been banged up. Uh, I would give Mizrahi a solid B plus for what he's done. I have liked what I've seen from him. I know Tuchel is not necessarily the biggest fan, and I think part of that though is affected by how Davies plays on the left side. You need stability from your right back. I think you need someone who's a little bit less inclined to bomb forward. Uh, Ms. Rally really plays with reckless abandon in terms of uh, contributing to the offense, and he does really well. And he, he tracks back better than Davies does. I will give him that. Uh, it's not been perfect, but I do like what I've seen from Ms. Rally. So B-plus is pretty fair. Bunasar towards ACL actually got some playing time, which no one expected this year. I don't even know if Bunasar expected it. Uh, what can I say? He played a couple of games. Give him a C. Uh, yeah, his Bayern Munich tenure will absolutely not be one for the annals of the history of the club. But uh, Bunasar, uh, hey, listen, he's making a good check, and uh, he's barely had to do anything. So good for him. Uh, I think all of us would love to have some kind of situation like that for work. We go over to the midfield, the most controversial group within the club. We'll just approach this as, and, and I guess what I'll do is I'll include Limer as a midfielder since that is what he was brought to do, even though he's played more of right back. Uh, but we'll, we'll kind of grade him on both when we get to him. But fans have been irate with the play of the midfield, especially Joshua Kimmich and Leon Goretzka. They both have really become really just fodder for the fans. I don't think it's been quite that bad. I know that sounds weird, but I just don't. I think they've they've been good. I think as a group, they've been good. I don't think it's been uh, really a bad uh, first half of the season. I know fans want to see more press resistance. I, I know they want to see more ball distribution from Kimmich. I know they want to see more consistency from Goretzka and better passing from Goretzka. Overall, I'm okay with how this group played. And I think overall, I would give them a, a B. 
I know that people are probably rolling their eyes at that, but I would. I, I look at the results. I look at how they've played. I don't think they've been the biggest issue here. I, I don't know what's the biggest issue because frankly, all the all the groups have really done well for themselves. It's not as if you can really say there's been a bad part of the team. Is it up to what the fans want to see? Probably not in some areas, but this is a B group. Joshua Kimmich has not had the best half of the season. Uh, this has probably been his weakest first half of the season that I can remember. I'll give him a B minus. Uh, and listen, I don't, again, it's the same rationale. When I talk about giving people B minus, it doesn't mean that they've been bad. Uh, I would like to see more out of Kimmich. He's got more to offer. He can be more consistent than he's been. I just think that there are some things that he needs to shore up. His relationship with the coach is one of them. There's definitely some friction there, at least in my eyes. And Tuchel coming out and talking openly about replacing Kimmich, I'm sure that that has affected him in a couple of different ways. So B minus for Kimmich, I think that's fair. Alexander Pavlovich, uh, what can you say? The kid at 19 has stepped in, done a tremendous job completely out of nowhere, had his number called upon, and has responded in every opportunity. Now, there may be some recency bias with this, and he has not had his number called all that much. But when you assess things versus another young player like Franz Kratzig, who I gave a C to, I would say Pavlovich gets an A because there has not been that downturn or that off performance or him looking out of sorts like I think we saw with Kratzig. Uh, Pavlovich is, uh, listen, I don't know that he's quite what a lot of people are saying he could be or what he will be, but he's done exceptionally well and he's handled the pressure I couldn't have predicted that he would step in for two games like he has against Stuttgart and Wolfsburg and done the job that he's done. He has allowed Bayern Munich to do some things like use Leon Gretzka as a center back when needed, and he has risen to the occasion. He has stepped up his game, so an A for Pavlo, which is, in my mind, extremely fair. Uh, Leon Gretzka, I'm going to give it B plus. I like what Gretzka has done this season. I like that he was flexible enough for Tuchel to be able to use him at center back. I think Goretzka has gotten back to looking like that box-to-box -box threat that we all remember he looked like at Schalke. I listen, I, I like Goretzka. I like his physical presence. I like how he plays. He has off games. He has been prone to that. But overall, he's had a really solid first half of the season. I can't complain too much. And I think more than maybe any other player on the roster, Goretzka has turned some fans around on him. He was by far the team's most trashed player coming into the season, but even some of his detractors are admitting that he's done really well. So Goretzka, B-plus, really, really good in my mind. Good job by him. Conrad Limer, very interesting case here, and he'll be the last player that I consider a midfielder. I would give Limer a B-plus as well. Uh, I, I, I will admit, I give him a B-plus not because solely based on his performance, but he's also had that flexibility to be used at right back. And, and I don't think he's been exceptionally great at either position when he's been used. But the reason I give him that B-plus is because he has given Tuchel that option. And he's provided coverage at a very tough time. When Tuchel needed a right back to cover from his rally, he didn't first go to Bunasar. He went to Conrad Limer. And by and large, Limer has done some good things. He hasn't always been great. He's gotten exposed a couple of times at right back. I thought he looked out of sync. But I don't consider... Limer a starting level player right now and that's why his grade is a little bit higher as a b plus because i pictured him as a sub i think that that's essentially what he's done and he's gotten his number called more than probably i thought he would 
I don't think he's a great fit with Kimmich or Goretzka in the midfield and playing together. Don't think he's a full-time right back, but I love the flexibility and the willingness that he's shown to come in and compete. And he has brought a great attitude and work ethic. So a B plus in my mind, I know it's weighted and to, to score Yashua Kimmich a B minus versus a B plus. It's not the same. Kimmich is a much more important role, much bigger role. So he has much more focus on him, but Limer as a bench guy, which I consider him, uh, I think he's done the job that's been asked of him. He's been flexible and, and he's allowed Tuchel to be able to, to use him in a way that they could really help the team, uh, especially during situations and dealing with injuries. The attacking group, this is where it gets interesting because I'm going to give them as a group a B. They have been excellent at times. They have been downright awful to watch at times. It, it all depends on the player mix. It all depends on the day. It all depends on Tuchel's tactics. Uh, I, I don't necessarily think he's using everyone in the group the right way all the time. I think there's been some issues with that. But overall, the team is scoring goals. Uh, you could go right down the list and talk about each of the, the attackers and, and all of the great attributes they have. It has not always worked when being used together, but individually, many of them are having good seasons. So let's go down that list. Kingsley Coman, give him a B minus. He has been good and not great. Tuchel really turn really seems to prefer him as a starter at wing. We have seen Coman be better and more disruptive in other seasons, uh, I personally came around on Coman. I have, a, it's been like a full cycle with him where when he came to Bayern Munich, I thought he made just terrible decisions in the final third. I thought he, he struggled with his crossing. I thought that he was not a great finisher, which I still don't think he is, but I thought over the course of time, he had turned it around. He had learned how to take his disruptive play. And by disruptive, I mean, he is completely someone the other team has to account for because he can beat them with his speed with his footwork he's just got that explosiveness that is tough to defend uh he really did make improvements in his game but this year i think he's taken a bit of a step back i don't know if it's because he's being used more or that he's just i don't know wearing down uh whatever the case i mean he's banged up right now but uh b minus for coman i think that he he literally has been decent, but just not where I think I envisioned him to be at this point. I thought he had a couple of seasons that he could really build upon, but like I said, I think he's taking a step back. Leroy Sané, another interesting name because he was fantastic for most of the first half of the season. He really slunk off a little bit here at the end, but he still earns an A from me because when Byron needed a player to step up and carry them, Sané was there. Listen, he has been really, really good this season. I don't think anyone could dispute that. So an A is well-deserved. Yes, he has slumped here at the end. It's coming at the right time. He'll get now get a chance to refresh himself, reboot, and come back hopefully stronger and back to the Sané that we saw earlier in the season. Like I said, Kimmich could improve his grade. Sané's, I think, has more of a propensity to drop if he can't get out of this funk. How he comes out at the beginning of the second half of the season is really going to probably tell fans a lot about where he is mentally and how tired he is. I think physically and mentally, it's been a draining season for him. Serge Gnabry, again, banged up right now, has not looked great when he's been called upon, doesn't seem to be a favorite of Tuchel. To be Gnabry's been a C. Uh, he has not been good this season, very inconsistent. 
he's not playing up to his talent level. I, I'm not one of the people that's going to bash Gnabry. I think he's still a very good player. I'm not sure playing for Tuchel is a great fit for him. We'll see how it shakes out over the course of the second half of the season. But Gnabry is really, you know, listen, he is a guy who can be great or he can be terrible. And there's not a lot of in between. And right now, it's been middling to bad for most of the season. So hopefully he gets healthy, comes back, and is is definitely uh, someone who can impact things for Bayern Munich if if he's in form. Thomas Muller. It's very hard to grade some of these guys because they haven't really been used in ways that have been effective or at least most effective for them. So Muller, he's been a bench guy. He's gotten his number called a few times. Of course, the last two games he's looked great. Muller, I'd give a solid B to. Uh, he, I think he's a player who could easily go up in 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 his grade if he gets more playing time, and that's where you know the the, the waters get a little bit murky because I still believe Muller has a lot to offer. I think playing him with Kane and Musiala, that that threesome. And in particular with Sonny, that four as an attacking group, I think could be really dynamic, really a lot of trouble for the opposition. Tuchel, for whatever reason, has just not wanted to do that. And I think it's to the detriment of the team. I would like to see more of it. I liked what I've seen so far. Yes, it means Gnabry and Coman are back on the bench. But I think that's the way it needs to be. I don't think you need to play Muller every game. I don't think you need to play him the full game. I think at 34, he needs rest. And he can't keep up the same kind of schedule that he once did. But I think he's got a lot to offer. And I think we've seen it in the past couple of games where he looked like he has reinvigorated the offense a little bit. And I, I really liked what I saw from him. I think that B could easily go up to B and A given his role. And uh, it, it could happen quickly. Harry Kane, absolutely an A, has really done nothing but score goals and create offense. The caveat with Kane is I don't even think he's being used in the best way. I know he is one of the big criticisms I've had of him has been the way Tuchel's used him, and, and that's sitting deeper, almost looking more like a ball distributor than a scorer. And my argument is that Bayern Munich brought him here to score goals. So if you you made the investment in Kane. You have to use him in the best way. I think he's done exceptionally well. He's produced and he's done what has been asked of him by the coach. So an A for Harry Kane, easily excellent work. Great transfer. I would like to see him be a little bit more active in the box. I'd like to see him make a, some more dynamic runs. I think sometimes he struggles with being stagnant, but overall, what can you say? Harry Kane has been great. Matisse Tell started out fantastic. Super sub has trailed off big time. Uh, I will say he's a, been a B. Uh, we all remember the kind of offense that he created earlier in the season. Uh, something I think of late has happened. His number has not been called that much. Uh, I like him actually more as a wing than as a striker. I think that he can have an impact out there. I think he fits that profile of someone who can break you down with 1v1 moves and get crosses in and also be able to beat you and go in for goal for himself. I like him playing wide. I think it's what's best for him. Don't know if the club agrees with that, but tell, uh, you know, listen, he gets a B from me because he's, he's been good when called upon, but I'd like to see him get more opportunity to see if we can maybe push that up to an A, or maybe if he gets exposed, that drops down a little bit lower. 
Eric Maxim Chupo Moting, aside of the ridiculousness of starting him because he can clear balls on headers, uh, Chupo, give him a C. He's been solid. Not bad, not great. Uh, <laughs> I really don't understand Tuchel's fascination with him at this point in his career, but uh, Chupo, listen, he does what he's supposed to do. Uh, I think that he had opportunities, especially in scoring in those games where Tuchel used him, and he, and he didn't do it. He quite frankly, blew some of those chances, which is why I have him down as a C. Uh, again, I don't, I don't mean that as derogatory as C. I mean, it's a passing grade. I just don't think Chupo's made the most of those opportunities. And he got more opportunities, I think, than than some people thought he would, including me. I thought he'd be a deep reserve this year, but Tuchel seems to have some ideas for Chupo. So drop some thoughts to me on those grades. Uh, obviously, uh, I want to hear about the the group of players as a coaching staff hmm, that's a tough one they have achieved results they have gotten wins it has not always looked great in doing so they have not always managed the players properly I think speaking openly about replacing players is rough for a locker room to hear especially for popular players like Kimmich and Goretzka give the coaching staff a b minus and most of the reason they get a b minus and again, it's not necessarily a bad grade. It's because of how they've handled some of the player situations. Don't always like Tuchel in his, his comment commentary toward players. We know there's some issues there. And don't necessarily agree with how he's always used some of the players. Harry Kane's role seems to be up for doubt, especially in my eyes. Uh, I'd like to see him more. I'd like to see him higher, quite frankly. Uh, but either way, uh, B minus, not bad. This could easily go up to an A. We want to see how... Tuchel does over the course of the next few weeks, honestly, in the second half of the season. So right now we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back to hit on the last topic of the show, which is Thomas Muller's contract extension and what that means. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Weekend Warm-Up Podcast. This is Chuck Smith. Thanks for hanging in there. Please let me know your grades on some of those position groups, some of the players. I'm sure you don't all agree with me. Uh, there's no way. But I think I was pretty fair in grading them. I think, you know, the biggest controversial ones will be Limer. Maybe I graded him a little bit too high. Chupo, maybe I graded him a little too low. Either way, would love to hear from you guys on it. The biggest news for Bayern Munich as a club this week came in the contract extension for Thomas Muller. Muller, who we talked about in depth in the last segment, has not had his number called upon that much this season. But when he has, he's performed well. He's been a good locker room guy. He has risen to the occasion and spoken to the media uh, at times where no one else wanted to. I mean, let's be honest. He is the prototypical veteran player that you would want. Versatile, uh, still productive, and a great team guy. I mean, the players look up to him. He's had a good impact that Alexander Pavlovich has talked about. I mean, Muller has taken him under his wing. This is a guy who's still making positive impacts on the team, on the club. He is a club legend. He is someone who absolutely has, you know, deservedly gotten the acclaim uh, from pundits, from fans, from his teammates. He deserves everything he's got. So to see him get that contract extension, it told me a couple of things. Didn't necessarily tell me that Tuchel has a role for him going forward, no matter what he says. But it told me that Muller wants to finish his career at Bayern Munich. And there were times where I wasn't really sure that was the case because I 
I believe Mueller has a lot more to offer. I think Mueller knows he has a lot more to offer, but I think it's actually at the point in his life where he had to make this decision. Do I move on, try and play out the next two or three years and be a productive player, one that can be a starting level player on at another club, maybe not a top tier club, but another club for sure. Or do I hang with Bayern Munich, be a one club man, not uproot my wife and my horses, because, you know, that had to be a factor, too. It's not as if he's just got family to think about. And he probably does consider the horse's family at this point. But he's got that stable. And 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 think about the headache it would be. Now, I'm not saying he would move it with him because obviously he wouldn't. But to take yourself away from that whole environment, which he clearly loves, to, to have to maybe ask his wife to move to a, a different city or a different country, it's probably just not something that's all that appealing, especially for someone who's made millions upon millions of dollars and who has won everything you could possibly win in the game, almost everything. Uh, but it, it is absolutely a situation where I think Mueller just looked at it and said, I like the comfort I have in my life. I like the club. I might not like where I stand in the club, but I can deal with it and I'll prove myself when I get my opportunities. And I think that's the attitude that he has. I think that's where it landed for him, and that's why he ended up signing this deal, which I thought was fair for him. Apparently, he didn't take a pay cut, so that's great for him. Uh, there were some rumors that the club was going to to ask Mueller to do that, but I think Mueller is pretty savvy in a lot of ways. Uh, not only is he that veteran that the team needs and and that veteran who who takes the bullet when someone needs to talk to the media, but he provides a lot of that locker room coverage for when things go wrong. And what I mean by that is there are going to be a lot of times when the players are not happy with the coach, especially this season. Mueller is someone who's not on the coach's side. And at this point, he's not one of the team's primary players, so he's not necessarily on the player's side, but he's someone who can mitigate the team through a very tough time. He's going to be able to work to keep the locker room moving forward, not let it devolve into something that it shouldn't be, whether that means finger pointing, griping, anonymous source quotes, that kind of thing. He's going to be able to, of course, most of those anonymous source quotes probably do come from him since he is the build mole allegedly uh just joking about that of course maybe um but he is the player that can be that bridge and he can keep it together and i think that's why the club ultimately valued him so much uh i think on the field he's he's listen he's got it you could still see that he can play i don't think he can get his number called every day anymore but i do think he can play two out of three games three out of four games, whatever the case may be and he can be impactful and i think with the way that the club is structured in the attacking group I think Tuchel needs to come to the realization that this guy still can do it and he can play with Kane and he can form a, a pretty formidable attacking quartet with Kane, Sané, and Jamal Musiala that really is unlike anything else in Europe when you think about how those four players play and how they looked playing together over most of the last two games I think showed us all that there's still something to be said for, for Muller and how he can impact those players. I think he compliments Kane and Musiala and Sané really well. Uh, sure, there are going to be some rough points, but uh, Muller can still do it, and I think you can still find ways to get Coman, Gnabry, and, and tell time uh, to where that they're going to be able to, to get 
some impactful minutes and be able to, to get themselves right as well. Um, you know, obviously tell needs minutes to develop Gnabry. He needs minutes to show that he still has it because there's a lot of doubt around him right now. And Coman, like, listen, he'll always be what he is, which is a disruptive force. He's not necessarily going to be a great finisher. He's not necessarily always going to be a great creator, but he's going to be someone who defenses have to worry about. In my mind at this point, I think it's better for Coman to come off the bench and provide that game-changing ability in the 60th minute and be someone who could really change the pace of the game and, and put some pressure on an opposing defense. So Muller deserved the contract. I thought he's handled himself well this season. It would be very easy for him to gripe, very easy for him to moan about things, but he hasn't done it to his credit. He's probably a better person than I am because if I had Muller's resume and I did everything he had done and I still had this ability and I still was showing I could impact games, I probably would be pissed and I'd probably be vocal about it. Maybe I'm just a bad guy or a bad teammate. I don't know. But uh, Mueller, I think, has handled it with a plum, and he has been just solid every time he's gotten his number called upon. So good for him, good for the club. I think it was a necessary move by Bayern Munich. And that will wrap it up, and this will be the last edition uh, before the holidays. We will be back next week in that and that period after uh, Christmas, if you're celebrating that, but before the New Year's. And we'll talk about some things next week that uh, probably uh, push some discussion, especially with the German national team. But did want to take some time in this episode to look back and reflect upon Bayern's first half, take a look at the players, and uh, try and assess how they've done. So appreciate you guys all hanging in with me. As always, you can get me at the Barrel blog. You can get... Our tweet, Meister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams 71. You can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN. You can get Siler at CYL3R. And as always, like I say, go to BavarianFootballWorks.com. Check it out. We have great posts. We'll be still keeping our normal schedule over the course of the next two weeks. Uh, you'll be getting our podcasts, our posts, everything. We'll have all the latest news as it drops. Obviously, no game coverage for a while, but there, I'm sure there will be plenty to talk about, plenty to discuss on the site. So keep hanging in with us. We appreciate it. Uh, hey, enjoy the next week or so before I check back in with another weekend warm-up podcast. I think uh, it's going to be a pretty busy period for Bayern Munich, even if they are off from games. So Hang in with BFW. We'll have everything you need. Have a couple of beers on me, and we'll see you next time.